What's good? What's happening? What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Producers Podcast. My name is John Simmer. I'm the producer of Schlereth and Evans in the Morning and the Players Club as well. I'm joined by Ty Fuji. What's up, guys? How's it going, man? It's going well. It's going well. Yeah, it's so nice out. I can't really complain about that. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was. I just came back from wearing a hoodie because. In the main studio, for whatever reason, it's uh, it always seems to be a little cooler. But yeah, they they blast the AC over there. <laughs> yeah, right? it, it, it sucks. I have to wear a jacket there all the time. Yeah, so we're back in uh, one of the uh, side studios here, and it's a lot toastier. So, um, but do you have a good weekend? Do you, do you yeah. anything fun? Uh, not not necessarily. It, it was a lot of work, but I got paid to listen to to Daytona Five Hundred. So, nice, what was nice. there to complain about? And was there? that uh, and obviously we had that on. Was it the fan? Yep, it was the fan. Was and he was uh like what Martin Truex Jr. Is that who won it? Uh yes. Okay. I, I, yeah, I'd have or, to look it up. It was someone who I like am kind of familiar with. I don't really yeah, know. Yeah, it, it was either Truex or Almarola. Uh that's probably what it is, Daytona. Let me quick Google search should give it to me. Uh Stenhouse. That's I knew oh. it was a junior. Oh um, I think. It says results that Stenhouse Jr. first. Joey Logano and C Bell. I'm not quite sure who that is, but um, I remember seeing it was some sort of junior. Um, so nice, nice. Yeah, you got to be able to run that. Did you catch any of the uh, NBA All Star festivities at all? I got uh, I got bits and pieces of it. Yeah. I, I always watch the dunk contest because yeah. I love it dearly, and uh, I, I saw bits and pieces of the game itself. Mm-hmm. But I was I was caught between that and doing chores, doing, sure. doing laundry, clearing out clutter in, in my. Uh, on my desk and right. and uh, my side table. It's good back noise, background noise, and yeah. I'm sure uh, I'm sure from I didn't. I'll be honest, I didn't watch a single second of any of it. I um, I watched the highlights of the three point uh, competition on like YouTube, right? Um, and I saw bits and pieces of the draft from Twitter, obviously because Jokic was. Probably like the main takeaway, I guess. Yeah, Both locally like and nationally too. Yeah, yeah, because a, a lot of guys like like Bayless and a lot of other yoga haters, they 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 take that to heart. They 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 take that to actually mean something when right. you know it's the All Star game. Right? Who cares? I mean, he doesn't. I kind of wish that national media members would at least admit they don't want Jokic to. Maybe not that they don't want, but they they wouldn't personally view Jokic as an MVP because he's not exciting enough. And maybe they have to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, and I'm and maybe that would just like kind of shoot down the majority of their narratives in terms of what it is against Jokic. Because if you outside looking in, if you didn't, if you weren't a huge basketball fan and you weren't near this market, obviously your exposure to be to Jokic would be pretty limited not only because of the market that you're watching in but also because he's not on put on espn a lot either yeah um, and it's hard to market about. some dude who can barely speak english who's seven feet tall and is gangly you know he's just yeah and, and, and a lot of that and a lot of his greatness is quantified in the advanced stuff in the right. most more uh in numbers which is kind of which has a little bit of a barrier to entry with a lot of newer or uh, novice people right and i'm but you even if you just turn on a game though it uh it won't take more than a quarter to see how, why he is, um, why he's a back-to-back MVP, soon to be a three-time MVP. But um, I digress. I don't want to get too much because I mean we've had that discussion so much locally. I just still find it kind of appalling that 
you know, all these national media members will use like the fact that Jokic was drafted second to last in an NBA all-star game draft as like some sort of cannon fodder to go against why like not only should he not be MVP this year, but the last two MVPs were like fraudulent almost in a way. Um, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. They're, it pisses they, me they, off. To be yeah, they, they have the NBA Jam mentality. Like he's not exciting enough. Just at least be transparent, right? Yeah, it's the least you can do. So you said you love the uh, the dunk contest. Would you, have you watched like every single round of every single dunk contest over however many years? Uh, yeah, but uh, clearly some are more memorable than others. Sure. Yeah, I mean, uh. I love the 2016 one. 2016 right. still exactly. still reigns supreme over all of them. Um, at, uh, but you know, I still remember, remember of insanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, uh, I, I he went back to watch uh, highlights of uh, MJ and Doc J and yeah. and uh, Kobe. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that that 2016 dunk contest, especially in like kind of the newer generation, I guess, um, or modern generation. It's hard to like kind of believe that was what. Uh, six, four, three, seven years ago now. You know, quick mass. Oh that's, God, is it, and that's crazy though. When you kind of think <laughs> of it that way, isn't it? Um, yeah, I. Oh God, I was I, I wasn't even twenty yet. Yeah, but when I so when I think of that dunk contest, because I agree that was you know the. I'm not like I've never been super into NBA All Star Weekend. I've not been like a super like I gotta watch the dunk contest or anything like that. But I remember. For some random reason, I decided to watch that specific one, and it was myself and my roommate. I was living down south at the time. I was living in Georgia, and we were just kind of like in our respective rooms doing our own thing. It wasn't like a we were watching it together kind of thing, and it just so happened that we like we didn't know it at the time, but we were both watching it <laughs> at the same time just in our rooms, and um, it was one of Gordon's dunks. Like It was probably... I don't know, it was one of his first dunks, and I come running into his room. And I'm like, yo, dude, you got to see this. And just like, to, and I didn't know, but he's watching it on his TV. Right. And he's going crazy in his own room. So it ended up us just kind of like watching it together in his room. And that was like one of the few non like active sporting events that's like a competition, like a, you know, like a game or a playoff series or something yeah. that I was just like, going nuts every single uh every time they went up to bat yeah it was insane dude it was and i'll never forget that yeah yeah i i remember i I was like half deaf in my in my right ear or after that because i was sitting next to my brother oh and if if you don't know my brother is unbelievably loud like he (laughs) like on football sundays when he plays you know because he plays fantasy football he's very Uh competitive the neighbors have to actually keep their kids inside even when my brothers, right. even when our doors aren't open, even when our windows aren't open, the, our neighbors just keep their kids inside because he just he swears so much. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, that dunk contest was. I was one for the books, man, and I'll and I'll just like always have that vivid memory of where I was and all my reactions to to those dunks, and um, of course, in twenty twenty, uh, they rematched. Right, Zach Levine was in that one as well. If I'm not mistaken, in 2020? I think so, yeah. I know for sure, obviously, yeah. Gordon was in it because that was the second time he got snubbed. Yeah, um, absolutely. But kind of going from there, what were your opinions of uh, this year's dunk contest? 
it, it's not very memorable, honestly. Mm-hmm. Ma- Max McClung was definitely the story. Right. Like, I, I love his story of, a, of the, being the G League call-up. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it, it's... It, it wasn't really terribly memorable. I saw a couple highlights from Mac McClung, obviously, because he won. Um, but, you know, like his winning dunk that people were calling it a 720. I hate to be that guy. It looked more like a 540. But, yeah. I mean, it was still impressive, though. I mean, yeah, he got absolutely. up and everything. I don't, I can't, I can't tell you a, a single other guy's name. Um, no. And that's kind of the issue with the dunk contest. And my big question for you is, like, a bunch of these guys were, like, nobodies um and a lot of their dunks just again from what i saw weren't very impressive and i guess you can make the argument of how much of a progression can you really have in something like the dunk contest where like you know you see for example aaron gordon who has a target spinning slow on a like uh 360 degrees on what were those called the little yeah the things you stand on or whatever the hoverboards or scooters or whatever yeah and then you you jump over him, you take the basketball, you do underneath the legs. Like once you've reached a certain yeah. level, it's hard to like continually get above that. I, I understand that. But for yeah, me yeah. at least, the, the appeal needs to be you gotta at least know who these guys are. And so my main yeah. question to you is, and I kind of saw this on Twitter and stuff, and I've kind of thought it um just whenever the all-star game comes around, I've always thought it, but do you would you agree or do you have commentary on or do you think that LeBron James never competing in the dunk contest was ultimately kind of like the kickstarter to the demise overall of the dunk contest and eventually it kind of leading where it is today where it's like basically a dead event that used to be one of the most hyped events in sports yeah I mean mm. Because MJ did I, it, you yeah. Know, MJ did it. Do- Kobe, Doc J. Every every yeah. big name has at least tried their hand in it. I wouldn't say he'd single handedly ruin it, or that it's just him. It's a much more nuanced issue. It's a lot more going into it because, as you touched on, because there's a lot of played out stuff. Like a lot, you can only see someone do going over like. Going between the legs so many times, you can right. see them doing a, a reverse so many times. You can right. see them jumping over someone so many times, right? right? It because, and, and that's why I value originality so much in in the dunks. Like, sure, skill skill, skill matters, execution matters because as as we saw with Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon, like Zach Levine's incredibly smooth rise in 2016, right. that was that was beautiful. But thing is. You have to push the envelope. You have to do something that can be iterated on because you want to do something that any young player can say, "I want to do that, but do do it better." I want I want to be like the the MJ Larry Bird or McDonald's commercial. Right. And so we'll wouldn't, just build up on that. And so going off of that though, when it doesn't, and it might be unfair, but it's it just kind of is the reality of the situation, whether it's fair or not. Shouldn't doesn't LeBron? have a bit of a responsibility to be that next legend to go into the dunk contest and, you know, and put his best foot forward. But it also, it, it just continues. It like continues that, uh, unwritten rule that, you know, the, the most athletic in the league, the biggest names in the league, whether you want to or not, you have like, you almost have to, for the betterment of the sport, 
for the people who watch the sport should participate at least once in the dunk contest. LeBron James is the most athletic person to play the game of basketball. And you're telling yeah. me that he never competed in the dunk contest. Yeah, and and to me he had he has a bit of a responsibility to do so at least once so then it doesn't give like you know the John Morant's or the Anthony Edwards or you know, name crazy, insane yeah, or, or, or basketball even. player. Yeah, to not participate. Yeah, yeah, and 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 honestly, yeah, that he, he does have a hand in that. I will admit, like he, like in like getting that big name, getting the guy you look up to most in the entire world, like the guy who you dream of dunking on, who a lot of guys is say their most memorable uh, bucket, their most memorable dunk right. is on LeBron. Right, like. Not seeing that guy in the dunk contest, not seeing that guy where you in places of aspirational. Sorry, um, not seeing that guy in places you want to be in places you should be. Right. That, like that definitely hurts. He's the your face brand. of it's the like, NBA. Yeah, it, it's like it's like it's like uh, endorsements like, like you and I hate to get political, but yeah, like you like when you running for something when you're running for office or something you want the endorsements of these big guys you want mm-hmm. to see these these people in the high places right and you want to aspire to their example but then and they're not there you, you don't have anything to shoot for they don't have that at role model they don't have that at star power right and it feels again when you're when you're someone like lebron and that status that figure head that face of uh your sport and you're not participating in what is deemed as, you know, the most exciting or, you know, the the most looked forward to event of that weekend. Then you allow the thought process and you open the door to what eventually we've gotten to now in the dunk contest, which is other people saying, well, LeBron's never done it, so I don't need to do it. You know, it's, it just it was like this. And I don't know if that, you know, obviously I can't get into LeBron's head, but, you know, my mind goes to like. Was he so self-conscious about his image that he didn't want to, he just maybe, I don't know, I don't know what goes into, you know, preparing for a gun dunk contest, but maybe it's just something that he didn't feel comfortable in doing or felt way too out of his element or it took away too much, you'd have to devote too much time to that outside of like his game when he was trying to chase rings. Um, I don't know necessarily what, what the, um, what the, you know, what his answer may have been but at the same time i feel like when you're like that of lebron and again i can't i think recognizing him as the most athletic person to ever play the game of basketball is super important especially in this conversation because when when he was his first 10 years in the league when he was just dunking on like like just fast breaks with no one in front of him it was that in and of itself was a show that was like with some of the appeal of Braun. He's like his hang time. He's throwing like windmills down like it's nothing. So then naturally your mind goes to, okay, in a controlled environment where he's not like being defended by anybody, imagine the possibilities. Um, right. So and that's always just kind of been my argument. And I saw it, you know, kind of, and I think it'll circulate for at least the rest of the time he's in the NBA. But I, I'm, I'm of the ideology that even if he didn't think he would be good at it, he owed the NBA and its fans to at least participate in it once. Yeah, to like, set the president. 
Yeah, like I, I think it's it's a matter of now now that Kobe's gone, like now now that like the NBA has always had this culture of old players always just try to lead the way for the, the new players. They sure. always try to be the, those sage uh, those sages for the new guys coming in, right. and that also includes the responsibility of of uh, speaking out about off court issues, about sure. speaking up about uh, on court issues, right. about really contributing to the advancement of the league itself. Mm. And, and if LeBron just didn't want the media scrutiny that came with it, if he too if bad, he, yeah, too bad. That's all I had to say about because it. He, suck is, it up. Yeah, he's he, he's been under that scrutiny since he was in high school, right. since he was seventeen years old. Right, like he's. <laughs> is any, and maybe not with LeBron specifically, because um, you do bring up a good point, and that's one thing. I, I mean, like I'm fifty fifty on LeBron. I recognize LeBron as, again, he is the greatest athlete to ever play the game of basketball. When you get into like the best ever conversation, I don't put him above MJ, and I'm a you no, know we're the same age. We're millennials. I don't, I just don't see LeBron in that light. But, um, yeah, I guess that's. To more, like again, it's like the dunk contest. It used to be such a big thing, and then you're like Mac McClung is the like headliner in that yeah. group. Like, imagine if it was LeBron James, Giannis, yes, uh, John, Moran. John Morant. Who else has spring? Um, like some, uh, maybe like a couple sleepers that you don't really think of. Yeah, and then like um, uh, Anthony Edwards, the kid from. The Timberwolves. Yeah, everyone's tuning in to watch that, just to watch Giannis and LeBron. Yeah, and just to watch those it's, those it's the huge personalities too. Of it. Yeah. So again, so I think it just kind of, and then I mean, like John Morant in a dunk contest, I feel like could be really nasty as well. But yeah, that that could be special. That could be fun. Yeah. So again, I just that's you know the whole reason of the dunk contest, kind of where it's at right now. I don't mean to sound like a hater. I don't mean to sound. Um, like I'm whining, but I, you know, because it, it can, like, oh, who am I to just like be some, you know, person who sits on his couch and be like, LeBron owes it to the fans and everything to participate in the dunk contest. But I feel like when things like that don't happen, you get the evolution, or I guess in this case, the de-evolution of what was once a very uh, proud and, you know, uh, looked like looked upon with great... Um, Intrigue yeah. event like the dunk contest. Yeah, and uh, honestly, I I can't hate to say this, but yeah, the dunk contest has been has been killed one, one, once before. They've taken a break, a, ta- a hiatus from it before, so maybe mm-hmm. it might be time to really uh, take it out of the rotation and then for a few years well, give everyone it. a break and then really try to push it, really try to motivate people into it because mm-hmm. uh, I think another part of it is people just don't want to. They're not vo- motivated to. There's no incentive. Right. It's a it's the all-star game problem, same as the NFL Pro Bowl, same as uh, same as the NHL's all-star game. Like, okay, I'm going to play, but for who? Right. For what? Mm, that's interesting, too, that you bring that up, and that's a pretty good segue because it kind of goes on to um, just because I was going to say the whole all-star game kind of needs a, a fixing, you know, a retooling. And, but... And how you fix it, I don't really know. I'm not going to pretend I have the answers. I just know that what they're doing now is not good television, you know, as a consumer, you know. And so, and and it's clear, like, for the content, if the people making it don't care, if they're not invested in it, why why should we? And then that's a good point is, like, to start off with, if you don't have, 
a group of participants who are who buy in to the idea of the competition, it's not going to work. And we talked about this. Um, Mike and Stink talked about this on the morning show, and I actually think they hit on the head um, pretty clearly. And you know, you don't want to peel back the layers too much, but it's a com- it's a competition issue. It's a competitiveness issue. These yeah. guys who are going to the All Star game, and this is football, maybe not as much because you don't want to get injured. Yeah, football always, is different. Yeah, you know, it's like, a much more violent if you're, game. If your season is over. That's why you're going to the Pro Bowl. Your season is over or mm-hmm. you're not in the Super Bowl and you tear an Achilles. Guess what your offseason looks like? Rehab. You don't get an offseason. So I can I can understand why the NFL um, is like that. And you can make the argument for the NBA. Oh, well, they have, you know, 20 some odd games, 30 some odd games left um, in the season. But. You're not going to get hurt in the NBA All-Star game. We're not asking you to play like full-out game seven of the NBA Finals. Yeah, we're not but asking it, you to play defense even. It's it's guys who are not taking a... It's it's alphas who are not being alpha, essentially. It's like yeah. these, these, these best of the best in the league not wanting to compete for competition's sake, which yeah. is like pretty insane if you break it down like you're telling me that these multi-millionaire nba players need to be incentivized by potentially more money to play an exhibition game no we're not asking again we're not asking you to go all out just play a competent game of basketball yeah that's all people want is an exhibition game of the best players that's it yeah and they can't even give us that so I don't know if it's like a, and this is going to make me sound old, but it's, I think it's at least something to be considered, but is it like a generational issue? You know, like we're not, I'm 30 years old. What are you around 30? Uh, 26, going to be 27 in June. Okay. So you're a couple of years younger than I, but I would like to think if I was put into that kind of position, I would want to be like whoever I was going against, I want to beat the crap out of him. Like in whatever it is, I would want to just beat him so I can talk stuff to him later down the line. Yeah. And it's not, it just seems like, so again, and I know a lot of people who get drafted, you know, are 20, like why anywhere from 20 to 22 ish in the NBA. So I don't know. And I, and that's not like a huge drop off from I'm 30 or 27, about to be 27 to like 21. It doesn't seem like a lot, but. I don't know if it is just like that kind of like, and again, I'm, this is going to make me sound old, but like this, like growing up, they grew up differently than we did. Like yeah, they absolutely. grew up like entrenched in like Twitter and Instagram and yeah, TikTok but, and Vine and uh, all and, these and, things. And that's absolutely a thing. Like uh, our generation is a lot more privileged and a lot more, or, uh, it has a lot more advantages than previous generations. And then it'll be that way for, right. uh, on, and, and we kind of like grew, I remember like, I always, I was thinking about this the other day, which is kind of, kind of funny, but we like, we were born and kind of grew up in an era where like cameras, like you had to like go to like Wolf camera, yeah, you know, and like get your photos, like taking like, like printed actually, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Actually developed. But then when we got to high school is like when MySpace like started to die and then like Facebook really started to come up uh-huh. and then Instagram became a thing. And then like the internet game became like a lot more like prevalent and it became like, ubiquitous. Yeah, like Vine came up. So like, yeah, like we you, were like born in an era where the internet wasn't like quite a thing yet, but then we were like 
in our more like later teen to college years, we were like the first generation to really like adopt like the internet culture and stuff like that. And now it's kind of like evolved to the internet is just kind of almost using social media in most cases for people who are younger are seen as like a way to gain like clout or yeah, like fame. gain like popularity. Yeah. And that's how they, they, you know, the word is basically clout if you're like in high school or whatever. So it almost makes me think, are these kids like who are coming up like this and especially when they're as gifted athletes as they are and they're entrenched in social media like they are, is it just yeah, kind of like a uh, kind of just a product of their surrounding in terms of like internet culture, internet clout, all that stuff? Because you know it's going to be up on there. And actually, I, I think you touched on that really well. I mean, I, I think a lot of it is just that even though they're very visible in the All Star game, even though like their brand is clearly on display as they're playing, mm. it's it's like they're just playing for the accolade. Like right. it, it's the mentality. They just of, want that yeah. one All Star, two yeah. All Star. It, it, yeah. It's something on their resume. Yeah. Got, got mine. Whatever. Right. And I mean, in the NBA, I don't know how much of um, like a negotiating tool it may be, but it seems like in the NFL, like being a Pro Bowler is kind of like the the like use for negotiation when your contract comes out kind of seemed to like die down a little bit. Now it seems more like all pro is more like that, but yeah, it could be for that too. It's just like, Hey, I want my, you know, fourth all-star. And so when it comes time for you to get that new contract with whatever team is looking to sign you like, Hey, I'm a four time all-star, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like something certifiable that you can, something tangible that you can put on a, a resume that right. you can throw out there. And Hey, yeah, I, Hey, I'm I'm played up there with the best. I right. made that threshold. Well, pay me like it. Maybe this year's a bad example because it was in Salt Lake. But say it's in. I've heard Houston's a really good city. Um, but let's say like L.A. just for sakes and purposes. Yeah. Going to L.A. basically like everything's paid for, and you get a week to hang out with all your NBA buddies and drink and party and do all that. That's not a bad thing either, you know. Yeah, so no. like to the I can understand. Look, I'm not perfect. I can uh, absolutely understand the appeal from like a 23 year old or younger, um, let's say mid mid to early 20s, to just like want to go and party for a week and for free, essentially. Yeah. While also being like crown jewel, like the NBA's best. I can understand that appeal. And then maybe, uh, yeah, there just so happens to be a game that you'll go in and you'll get a couple shots up. Yeah, I, I get to just play a little bit of playground backyard or basketball with right. with LeBron. I get to play with uh, with Giannis a little bit. Yeah, and at the at the and again, I can understand it, but that doesn't make it okay, right? And so I think that's the yeah. issue, though. And to me, and I might be making a uh, what's the expression? A mountain out of a molehill or an anthill is when when Mike and because I hadn't thought of that before. Like I kind of. It was like in the back of my head, but when you really think about it, like, is it a competitiveness issue? Yeah. To me, that's like a kind of like a, oh crap moment. Cause then if that's kind of how the makeup of how these NBA players are thinking a little bit, I know uh, obviously like playoffs, NBA all-star game, not on the same level, but like, if you just are able to like turn that switch off from a con- like from a competitor standpoint, right? Then how much of are you of a competitor are you really? Because we hear about all the best, like MJ, uh, Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, all these 
great. Even jo- even Jokic. Yeah. You could tell Jokic is a competitor because he just understands that the all-star game isn't for him. And some people yeah. might be thinking, oh, like, you know, the style of game, which is true. But it also might be like, hey, I'm a competitor and I know all these dudes don't care. They're soft and they don't want to win. So why the hell do I need to be here and act like I care? So I think it's kind of like a scary thing from like a consumer standpoint of like, man, if we have all these like quote unquote alpha dogs in the league, but yet they can just like turn it off that easily from a con like from a competitor standpoint, then that's worrisome if I'm Adam Silver in the NBA. Yeah. And actually, I think it can really tie into load management as well, because what it really is, it's, it's just a week a full week off like it's a full week where you don't really have to do much of anything a full week where you have to do really just the bare minimum right. um, and to prepare for the playoffs it's uh, uh, some players may look at it as a practical thing like oh yeah i i've run this right to i've run this paid vacation right. in the middle of the, my season and with no strings attached no consequences at all right. and and i can still uh, play for the play for the uh, playoffs play for a ring yeah Hell yeah, sign, sign me up. I'm, yeah. up. And, take me to L.A., take me to uh, Houston, take me to Salt Lake even. Yeah, and at the end of the day, it does come from like a, from, you know, just having this conversation. It's from a, I want to be entertained. It's from a consumer yeah. standpoint, but I don't think it's necessary. It's not like a super, it's again, like these dudes play a, like a child, a children's game for millions of dollars, yeah. which is awesome. And I like watching it. I like consuming yeah. it. So when I consume it, I want to see the most competitive environment possible. Now, I don't want people, I don't, and if it's like at the, uh, like again, for the NFL, if it's at the potential of these dudes getting hurt, you dial it, you dial like the physicality back. Yeah, absolutely. All for it. All for it. But I yeah. still want it to be competitive. I still want to see that, that competitive nature. And the NBA have just, to be honest, uh, has kind of lost. I don't know if you've heard, um, and we're up against it here, but uh, Charles Barkley was uh, kind of teeing off on all the players and stuff like that. And he even said that with this load management and like, for example, Kyrie Irving forcing himself out of Brooklyn, yeah, um, they're stealing money from the owners essentially. Um, and that in the next CBA, the owners are going to, they're not, they're not going to just like be okay with the players taking their money. And, um, Charles Barkley said he says sees a potential NBA lockout in the future, which is kind of spicy. Yeah, that's that's a major issue because because um, you know the NBA players and their union have more power than any other union in sports. Mm-hmm. More, it's definitely more than the NFLPA, way more than the NHLPA right. or the MLBPA, and of course, yes, and of course with the uh, culture between of the modern NBA with the star culture, right. it's, it could produce a lot of long-term damage. Like we, we could see some major NHL-esque lockout situations. We can see some real MLBPA style hostility between the league and the, and the union. It's possible because of what you said, because the players hold so much power in their union, but at the same, that's where the butting of heads uh, can come by. I just wanted to run that by you because I thought that was a pretty interesting quote. Yeah, that, um, like that's that's incredibly worrisome that. because, and, and as you pointed out, like the way the way you just broke it down in this the simple terms, like oh yeah, they play a kids game for for millions of dollars. But the thing is, we it's not that we watch them just play a kids game. We want to watch them play the this kids game at the highest imaginable level right. we can. We want right. to see that's where the entertainment comes yeah, from. We so want to see that. the 
the best we possibly can. And this is a collection of the best players on the planet. Yep. And they're not playing like it. And they're not, not taking that seriously. Nope. So we'll hopefully uh, we'll see changes in the future. But uh, Nuggets have, what, 25 games left? Their next game is, I think, on the 23rd. Um, so, and actually I think that's against the Clippers. If I'm thinking off the top of my head, they play, oh, yeah. they play either the 23rd or the 25th, uh, with the Clippers. So that'll be a fun one. And, uh, I actually wouldn't be surprised if Bones Highland only gets like five minutes cause they just got Russell Westbrook, but that'll do it for this episode. Oh, they play on the 26th. 26th. Okay. So yep. I was one of those days, but, uh, yeah, that'll be a fun matchup. So that'll do it for this episode of the producers podcast. Once again, I am John Simmer, producer of Slareth and Evans and the Players Club. That is Ty Fuji. Ty, do you want to shout out, speaking of social media, is your Twitter or anything like that? Uh, yeah, my, my Twitter is Fuji underscore, or Ty, yeah, that is F-U-J-I-I underscore T-Y. Perfect. And I am underscore John Simmer underscore, just my name in between two underscores. And that'll do it for us. We'll catch you in the next episode.